Hey guys, welcome back to another uh, re quick re review over the chapter from the American Yop. Uh, the chapter this time being Life in Industrial America. In here, just to go over a few of the high points, shouldn't take longer than hopefully, uh, you know, 10 minutes max, hopefully. And again, hopefully get you a little bit better prepared for the quiz this week. Uh, so Life in Industrial America, again, a lot of concentration on kind of the urbanization going on in the nation, right, as well as the uh, influx of immigrants coming into the nation during the late 1800s. Um, so you can, some of the things feeding overall industry, right, the expansion of the railroads and the kind of uh, stirring that causes and the growth of the steel industry as well. And railroads, I think I told you all in class, right, kind of acting in a way is almost like an internet of that time period and connecting, um, you know, smaller parts of the country, right, more rural parts of the country uh, to big industrial centers, uh, connecting people to their products, right, via companies such as Sears, Roebuck, which, uh, could, you know, allowed people, anybody near a railroad, basically, to order almost any good they desired and have it shipped out to them. So it's going to create this kind of sense of a national market, right, where companies aren't thinking in smaller, more local terms now, but especially the big boys are thinking of nationwide growth, lots of new consumers, and because of that link of the railroad. Uh, we also have great expansion of electricity, especially in the cities, right, in the late 1800s. Of course, after the light bulb, patent of the light bulb around 1880 or so by Thomas A. Edison, and the uh, you know, expansion of kind of the uh, infrastructure for that in major cities like New York, Chicago, and then later on spreading to many other parts of the country. But again, this is going to change in industry, right? Because now factories could pump out goods longer, uh, more hours. Uh, it also lights up the night, right? And creates kind of a whole new kind of leisure time and all that and nightlife in American cities as well. It'll also be used to power, you know, trolleys and things that make up the first kind of public transit systems in our nation's history. Uh, again, some other things, again, overall what's going on, right? Cities are kind of busting at the seams and growing and, uh, you know, having some issues with uh, things like tenements, right? The kind of low-income housing that a lot of times, you know, found several families and maybe one, maybe two-bedroom apartments. But again, the reason those immigrants are coming in in great numbers, right, mainly from Southern and Eastern Europe, groups like the Italians, the Greeks, is for in these new industrial jobs, which are readily available, Again, for the industry leaders, right, they provide cheap labor, these immigrant groups. Uh, so this is kind of the thing driving urbanization overall. You also have the things going on within the nation where, you know, a lot of people that were used to be uh, in rural life or farming backgrounds are moving increasingly, increasingly towards cities and the stability of that work availability in those city environments, in those new and urban environments. Um, again, the immigration factors, right, uh, for people from Europe and other places, um, the pool was, I mean, jobs is the core of it, right? And again, many of them escaping some things from, you know, maybe religious persecution to unsettling, maybe warfare in their homeland. But again, the main reason, jobs and economic prosperity. I mean, they're hoping to, you know, get the American dream, right? To uh, work their way and earn, earn good money and have a good life. Um, for machine politics, uh, this is basically, you know, the system of political machines that pops up in these urban environments and feeds into that you know, deals with the immigrant uh, relationships in that, uh, you know, basically every major city had what is called a political boss, a party boss. Can we talk briefly about Tammany Hall in New York under a guy named William Tweed? But, uh, you know, a lot of times these guys had a lot of flexibility, held different jobs at the city level. But everybody knew they were the kind of ones in charge politically and pulling the strings kind of behind everything. Um, so they did some good, right? They were highly corrupt, but they did some good and provide a lot of services to poor families that needed it. I remember at a time when the government really didn't have any sort of uh, aid to, uh, you know, 
for the impoverished and the poor and things like that. You know, a lot of times it was either individuals or these kind of organizations that were providing it. Uh, they also helped themselves get a lot of uh, groups connected to churches, right, for uh, certain groups, connected to local communities are the ones providing help for, you know, uh, this situation with poverty and these immigrants adjusting to this new life. Uh, of course, across the South, right, we see some of the ugliness emerge or still kind of going on with Jim Crow and segregation. Lynching is something that, uh, you know, probably doesn't get, uh, of course, the attention it deserves. But, you know, every year across the American South, hundreds of individuals, right, African-Americans being targeted from different things, right? Uh, political intimidation, a big one, but many other issues. And again, this is just kind of a rampant problem. And the person who kind of brings a lot of attention to that uh, is a journalist named Ida B. Wells, who's kind of the first to kind of tackle that and, uh, you know, spread the word on this incredible injustice, right? This violence that's going on in a certain region of the country. Um, Again, some other things we see during that time, uh, one of the earliest kind of big epics in feature films, Birth of a Nation is produced. Again, a very kind of racist uh, sort of film, kind of celebrating the KKK by D.W. Griffith. Um, we have the emergence of social gospel, right, which is kind of what's going to start the and lead to eventually the progressive era. But, you know, the idea of a very Christian sentiment where, you know, authors, academics, uh, certain labor leaders, all that, start look to see how they can help society, right? Like the Christian thing to do is to help deal with all this poverty, with all this filth in America's cities. So that's where we have, you know, things like the Settlement House movement, right? From people like Jane Addams, where they would watch, uh, you know, uh, have provide, you know, uh, childcare for immigrant families, provide classes in English and support them in any way they could. I think these are the big kind of things that kind of come about that. Uh, some of the other key things... Uh, I think we already hit on this, right? Industrial jobs and the gro incredible growth of industry. Now, we have the kind of stratification of cities. So cities start to have a much more like regional feel as far as like, you know, a city is starting to develop like, you know, a residential area, you know, the suburbs, right? With the trolley system and mass transit, um, you know, a business district, right? A commercial district, stuff like that. So we see cities uh, having a little bit more kind of like zoning and uh, organization to them to some extent. Right? Some of the others, not so much. So we talked about uh, social gospel. We talked a little bit about settlement houses. And then again, just the influx of all these immigrants, right? Feeding a lot of those things, stuff. Um, I think that covers most of it. Of course, if you have any questions, anything, I'm always available to you in class or via email. I hope this helps a little bit. I know uh, it was a lot briefer than usual, but uh, again, I think y'all will do okay. Uh, if you spend the time looking at the resources, you know, listening if you're fortunate enough to do so. But have a good week and thanks for your time.